This is gonna be the worst year for the bloopers episode <laughs> because every sound test is just. I like talking to microphones. <laughs> I like Mike King and the taco phones. Welcome to No Clip. I'm Chad Ryderman. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And today we're gonna be talking about Silent Hill 2 which was released on the PlayStation 2 in 2001 and was developed by Team Silent, which is in itself a a development studio in-house for the publisher Konami. Uh, We're again talking about a Konami game twice in two months. Uh, Silent Hill 2 is a survival horror game and, in fact, is sort of like the survival horror game that survival horror fans like to look to and be like, that was the, that's the one, that's the game that we like, <laughs> they say. <laughs> Direct quote. Yes. <laughs> and put on the back of the box. Uh, so, this game's old. Uh, this game is now, can now go to the store and buy a pack of cigarettes if it wants to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because of that, there's a lot of sort of like jank in this game uh, that over time gets o- older and older and weirder to play. Mm-hmm. But before we get into any of that, because I do want to talk about sort of this game in a modern context, this is the first time both of us have played it. Right. Uh, I want to get out of the way immediately that this game is real good, actually. <laughs> And uh, nothing that I say during this podcast about like the some of the weirdness in it is to take away from that. This game, for the first time in a while, scared me. Like I was, this game made me tense in a way that it, I haven't in a long, long time. I don't know if that's if you had a similar experience. Um. Yes and no, I guess. Uh, The game didn't specifically scare me. Uh, I'm pretty hard to scare, I think. I am a coward. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've just kind of become desensitized to it in my my old age. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the game, I think, is definitely good at being a psychological horror game. I think it definitely unsettled me and made me think about weird and disturbing things which is like kind of think what it wants to do more than scare you anyway i mean i guess it kind of like depends on how you define fear yeah which is a real cliche and weird thing to say um this game doesn't like startle you i think that in the entirety of the game there's like two jump scares uh one of which is actually like kind of hidden uh which what I'm talking about there because it's pointless so I'll Mm -hmm. just go ahead and explain now uh, is there's like a point in the prison area where if you knock on the door to a stall in the women's bathroom it says like nobody answered but then if you try and leave there's like somebody's like yeah and you're like oh pterodactyl that (laughs) stall (laughs) excuse me Uh, but yeah and that's like I think that for the majority of this game, the feeling they want to give you is uh, one of, of like, dread, maybe, Mm -hmm. is the way to put it. Like, not feeling like you're in danger immediately, 
but that you could be in danger and that you're uncertain of what the danger yeah, is. Yeah, like there's always something to be worried about. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is its strength uh, more than anything. I, I, I was kind of, like, I was putting off playing this game for a while, uh, and what, what, I don't really know exactly what it was about it, but I think I was a little afraid that I wasn't going to like the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, this just happened with Symphony of the Night, so I was just kind of like, oh, geez, like, I don't want another one of those experiences. Um, and so I ended up playing this game in two sittings and doing it like that, like really kind of like makes you stew in the game for long periods of time. Mm -hmm. And it, I don't know, it worked. It worked real well for me. I was, I was surprised. Yeah. I also played it in two or three sittings and I think it's one of those games that's at that appropriate length Mm -hmm. or I think it makes it better if you play it that way. I would agree. I think that we've talked about this on the podcast before, but we have, uh, we, we do like a game that knows how long it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Silent Hill is pretty close to ideal in that. Uh, I, I don't think this game could have gone on for a whole lot longer and it's still been good. Yeah. Uh, I'd agree with that. Yeah, so I don't know how it took, I think I, f- I finished the game at about, like, somewhere between 9 and 10 hours, like 9 and a half, 9.45, uh-huh. uh, and that felt pretty appropriate to me, and that's, like, my save data time, so it doesn't count up time where I died, which didn't happen super often, but uh, enough that it probably added another, like, 40 or so minutes onto uh-huh. it. Uh but yeah, it just it felt like an appropriate length. It felt like it paced itself pretty well. There are a couple of issues that I do want to talk about. Uh, yeah, overall, I'm very happy with this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Good work, Konami, <laughs> yeah. 18 years ago. <laughs> you get an A-plus on your report card, Konami. Um, but I think... I'm glad that you touched on this stuff early, because that's one of the big things that made me think of, was like how well... Uh, like designed this game is i i think it, it had to have been like quite the experience to be working in games back then just kind of like a new frontier and you had all these limitations and you're like how do i make any of this good like on this limited hardware especially like an early 3d or like on the nes like when the it was like really the wild west of like figuring out how to develop these things right and it's just like there's so many like limitations and things that I think they do like such a great job of designing around. Yeah, I think I kind of wanted to know what you thought about how this game aged, because I think that like visually or like overall, that's like the trick, right? Because yeah. I think <laughs> I think that this game ha- shows its age. Yeah. This is like almost like the George Clooney of games. <laughs> I don't Wait. know if I'd go that far. <laughs> I think that it looks outstanding for what it is, and uh, which is an old man. <laughs> uh, uh, but and it also it, it plays well, but you can tell that the conventions are coming from a different time. Yeah. Uh, but I don't like. I don't think it has anything that's like so like anachronistic in 2019 that it really stands out. 
like save points in a survival horror game are not something that I would ever complain about mm-hmm. uh, because it just works with the format so well. Visually, I think it looked really good for the time, and it isn't even an art style choice because it's not stylized. I mean, it is stylized, but it's, <laughs> the designs are stylized. The overall design, like the world, is supposed to be realistic. Like the tech is just good enough that it doesn't look that bad. Uh, even this many years later yeah, there is a lot of subtle art direction going on like like f- that they put that film grain filter over the game and they mm-hmm. use the fog to kind of hide the imperfections so there's more of an artistic like angle to that than you'd probably expect but n- overall i think visually the game holds up really well uh for the most part especially i think the environments are really cool there's not a lot of like repeat environments like it doesn't feel like very much is copy pasted which is something that you get in a lot of games from the time Mm -hmm. and uh i think basically like tonally visually and all of like that side of things i think all holds up really well but for me mechanically it falls down pretty hard (laughs) yeah because like i pretty much just miss the boat on tank controls like they are mind-bogglingly awkward and like awful to me right like i'm like how did anyone think this was a good idea (laughs) when i'm playing uh i mean i understand because like it changes perspective so like you holding up just always makes you go forward so it doesn't like make you spin around when you transition but like it just really bugs me to just like be trying to walk around a room and pick things up and just be like shifting yeah all over like with your character you know like it's just really clunky there's a there's a sequence really early on and they do this a couple of times in the in the game uh where the object of the scene is for you to go from one location to another over a very long expanse of ground like it's a really long walk and they do this three or four times but the first time is the one where it stands out because you're going down like that a path. winding mountain pathway and yeah the the tank controls tank controls as a concept i don't think are inherently flawed but i i understand the like uh resistance to them uh they are not intuitive from the perspective of somebody who's been playing 3d games that control like mario mm-hmm. their entire life uh and I think that, like, the the way that they work indoors is usually fine because you're going down narrow hallways or in square rooms and you usually don't have to make any quick movements. And we'll get into when you do have to make quick <laughs> movements and it's bad uh, in a bit. But when you're going down that windy mountain pathway, it's like James is drunk off his ass. <laughs> yep. He's just stumbling around outside like, whoa, now I'm on this end of the path. And yeah. then, oh, I'm it, over here. It also really stands out it, when you're just in the town and you want to run in a straight line. You, it, you're like, man, this is really hard <laughs> to just go straight. And because theoretically it shouldn't be hard with tank <laughs> controls, yeah. you point him in the direction you want and you hold up, but like any deviation in one way or another makes him halt, turn, and yeah. then move in a different direction. I know that like I would be holding up to move forward, 
and then I would like scratch my head or something like a normal thing a person would do. Mm-hmm. And I would, the controller would shift in my hand ever so slightly, a few degrees. Yep. And he would just immediately start running into a wall. Yeah, I found myself really kind of wishing they would have just ripped off the Resident Evil turnaround thing. Oh, yeah, like the quick turn? Yeah, I felt like that would have been really nice to have in this. Uh, I could see that in combat. And as long as we're talking about this... Like, going... Like, if you're trying trying to go, like, down a hallway, Mm -hmm. take, like, the, the hospital, for example... A lot of going back and forth along hallways, yes. and like it getting to the end of one, and then just being able to turn around and come back smoothly <laughs> would have been amazing. But you had to do like the awkward kind of like turn around, and then probably had to back up a bit, you know? <laughs> yeah, do the three like, point you, yeah, turn like because it's because it's too wide. Yeah, because it's a tank control scheme. Yeah, mm. and it's just. Mm. Yeah. And the hospital is the place where, as you mentioned, there isn't a lot of copying and pasting. The hospital is the place where there's the most of that. Mm-hmm. Iconic as it is, it is very, like, three almost identical floors that you kind of go back and forth in. Uh, and, yeah, you you get caught up in hallways a lot, having to move around in weird ways. Uh I don't know. I can't spin that in a positive way, and I, I don't even think I'm going to try. It's just, uh, it gets a little awkward sometimes. And the camera goes back and forth from being, like, one of my favorite elements of this game to being one of the worst things in the entire fucking world. Yeah. where That, that just uh, happens. Like, pre-rendered cameras can be really great on occasion, but, like, there's always going to be one, you know, every once in a while that just does not gel with you you're like i really like to look at this from a different perspective and you can't well then there's the uh the whole there's a button on your controller that is essentially a lottery ticket in this game which is the l2 button which i don't i don't know what it does (laughs) like it changes the camera but it the way in which it moves the camera I, there's no way for you to predict. I have no idea what, like, maybe there's a system in there that I don't understand. But if you, like, move and you press the L2 button, the camera will, like, hurry into its final position. Maybe. That might be it. So occasionally I would hit it just to see if I could get a better angle. And it would just, like, slightly zoom in on games. And I'm like, I don't think that's what I wanted it to do. Uh, and then other times, like, I'd hit it and it would just, like, flip the other direction. I, yeah, I didn't know. I, I thought that it was supposed to, like, move the camera, like, not behind you, because it doesn't do that a lot of the time, but, like, focus the camera on James. I guess. I think could... is what it's supposed to do. But, I mean, I didn't use it either. Yeah. I mean, I did use it, but only in times when I felt like... I was not at all getting the important information from, like, the room I was in. Yeah. It was very seldom that I used it. Um, One game that does have a button that immediately snaps the camera behind you uh, is The Legend of Zelda. Uh, Not the one from 1986, but... Ocarina of Time. Yeah, 3D Zelda games have a button traditionally that'll just flip the camera around uh, to be behind you. And this being 
what is essentially like a rival series to Capcom's Resident Evil series. Mm-hmm. I was expecting, I think, going in and having played uh, Silent Hill for the Room, which plays a little bit closer to what a Resident Evil game is as compared to this one. Mm-hmm. I felt like the design of this game overall, like the actual play design of it, uh, would be closer to a Resident Evil game given it's like pedigree and the year that it came out but it actually feels more like a zelda game to me and hear me out on this one okay (laughs) because i don't it's not uh obviously there are a lot of things where this differs from a zelda game i mean both of them focus on like psychological horror (laughs) (laughs) but uh i i feel like silent hill 2 from start to finish is an overworld and four dungeons and the like the dungeon parts of it the apartment the hospital the prison and the hotel all feel like you go in you have like your shit that you've collected the the important items from the other dungeons and then you pick up puzzle items put them together and use them to unlock doors and get to a boss and it's very strange to me to when I because I started looking at it in that light after the the hospital. I was like, this feels like get weirdly familiar. <laughs> and I was trying to think like, does is this just all video games? Like first, like I want to get that <laughs> out of the way. And I don't think it is. I feel like it really does take from Ocarina in a way that is kind of like. <laughs> I'll I'll agree with you on like the kind of basic structure where it is kind of like an overworld that leads to different dungeons, but the the puzzles felt very Resident Evil to me, and I feel like a lot of like that kind of structure feels very like tied to Zelda, but you can find similar stuff in a lot of games. True, I, I just maybe I'm I'm just among the crop of people who sort of credits Ocarina with like the design of 3d adventure games as a whole mm-hmm. and like at the basis level this is a 3d adventure game mm-hmm. and it does very similar things uh th- there are fewer puzzles and they're less item dependent yeah but other than that though yeah like the structure does feel like you get keys and unlock bigger parts and sometimes you <laughs> use the things in those parts to come back to the earlier parts of do stuff there i feel like it it feels more direct because of the time the game came out. Like, I feel like there was less of, like, a wide variety of, like, kinds of games that were being made back then. So, like, the comparisons, like, the fact that it was a 3D game, as you said, like, a 3D adventure game, it, it takes cues from Zelda in a more obvious way than other games you know like that. <laughs> yeah no that's fair i yeah i that's i just couldn't shake that feeling uh and i'm not 100 percent sure why it was it just kind of festered because it occurred to you and then you couldn't not think of it that way it's like how i think that <laughs> mad caddy's album is about zombies yeah because it, i thought about it once and now i'm like <laughs> that's gotta be it like <laughs> uh yeah, I guess while we're on the topic of mechanics, uh, let's just sort of like run through the rest of them before we get into sort of the the meat and potatoes, the thematic elements of uh-huh. the, the narrative. 
Uh, and I guess I want to be like, why is there so much combat in this game? Because <laughs> uh, it's a video game, Shan. I, no, <laughs> that's true. I, I kind of agree. Uh, with as stiff as the combat is, I feel like either make a better combat system or don't have one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to I don't want to go that far and the only reason that I don't is because I feel like combat in in survival horror games is like one of those things that can be a really enhancing experience. Uh like looking at the original Resident Evil game uh because it's the easiest one to point to and most people have played it. Mm-hmm. You want to as a, a point of fact in survival games, you want to conserve your health, conser- conserve your health, mm-hmm. you want to conserve your health, and you want to conserve your ammo. And uh, the reason is because the guns are good, and not using the guns on an enemy means you have to run away from them. And having a tension there between how much resources how many of them you have versus how many enemies there are uh and your like ability to get out of the way is a source of tension in the game and i think that silent hill 2 doesn't have that yeah that's kind of what i meant by better combat system okay and i don't mean to suggest like an action combo system or something. <laughs> it's kind of a, like maybe a more engaging. No, yeah, I mean, now. like I feel like something more defensive. Uh, yeah, that encourages you to kind of either run away and only ever like fight back if you have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, would be a lot better. Yeah, because I spent the first half of the game running away from most enemies see i did the opposite i feel like i killed every single enemy (laughs) for a while before i was like ah this is kind of boring i think maybe i'll I'll run away it's starting to make this not very scary at all when i can just stand there and wail on them with this everyone to death Uh, yeah, no, I, cause I, you know, I used the pipe a fair share of amount. You get the little stats thing at the end of the, the game, and I killed one more enemy with guns than I did with, uh, with the, with a pipe and a board. Uh-huh. And I think that the, that, that shit, like, it's almost exactly the midway point of the game when I was like, I think I was in the hospital and was moving around in the hospital and there are all these enemies and I'm like, I can't run away from all of them. So I have to start killing them regularly. And I went into my inventory and I saw that I had 135 handgun bullets. And I was like, that's three digits of handgun bullets. That seems unreasonable for this kind of a game. And so I just started unloading on everybody at that point. Like James became like an action hero. Uh, yeah, the split for me was I I killed 71 enemies with melee attacks and, like, 21 with bullets. Uh, I was really reluctant to use the guns because in the hotel, which is the first dungeon, mm-hmm. uh, you go into... No, the uh, apartment. Oh, that's what I meant. Um, apartment. And uh, it's when you get the handgun and... I, 
I you don't have a lot of bullets to start out with, so right. I didn't want to use it. Uh, and then you run into Pyramid Head, and I'm like, oh shit, you know, uh, like a, like it's like a <laughs> boss encounter. So like this is what I want to save the guns for, and I just had that in my head that like pull out the guns when shit gets real right and then i just never readjusted that because like i just i got the shotgun and i kept getting more bullets and i just like never was like i'll use these Mm -hmm. i just kept on being like no (laughs) just got to hit things with the board yeah there's a i mean there's a progression like as far as uh your understanding of the combat system goes if you aren't familiar with this game in that you wanted to use the melee weapons. You start to realize that you have a ton of pistol ammo. And so you start using the gun. At least this is my transition period here. Because mm-hmm. I, I shot a bunch of people with the, the pistol. I was like, yeah, feels pretty good. Doesn't take 14 years. Like, you just put, <laughs> put a clip into somebody and then be on your merry way. And then uh, I noticed that I also had triple digits of shotgun ammo at some point. So I was like, well, let's just you start using the shotgun a little bit. Don't want to waste this precious ammo. <laughs> but you realize that 100 shotgun bullets is like 10,000 pistol <laughs> bullets, which is like an infinite number of boards. So you end up switching over the shotgun is like your primary just walking or your your uh what do they call that your your everyday carry yeah <laughs> it's like a big ass shotgun now and it just makes all enemy encounters like much less threatening and the combat itself kind of boring yeah the last uh <clears throat> the last uh guardian guardian uh the the, ho- the actually the hotel uh gotcha. the lakeview hotel the last dungeon as we're calling them, um, uh, See, the, I just I just gotten into your head. Oh, it's just easier to call them that, right? Because uh, there's no other unifying name I can think of. But um, yeah, the entire last one, I just walked around with the shotgun and shot everything with the shotgun, right? Because um, I had so much ammo. But um, no, it was, I think it was about the same point for me in the hospital where I had like a really hard time with that area because I was just trying to hit everything with a pipe. <laughs> and uh, at, towards the end of it, I started just like shotgunning anything that popped up because I was like low on health mm-hmm. and like just kind of scraping by between those saved squares. And I'm like, okay, I had to like, that's the point where I like reevaluated how I was playing. I feel like it probably should have maybe spiked up a little bit more in difficulty in the uh, apartments to kind of get you there yeah, or, or somewhere else along the way. Like, I don't know. Cause it took me a while for that to click, but it might just be me. It took you for a while to click, click, boom. Exactly. By POD. Uh, yeah, no, that's, 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 I think it's a fair assessment. I actually didn't think about that. The difficulty of the apartment building being like, tied up almost entirely in navigation as mm-hmm. opposed to in it's combat. It's more about the puzzles. Yeah. Uh, I still think the, that it's the apartment is probably still the scariest part of the game, uh, even though I think that the I'm more into the really evocative visuals in the prison, mm-hmm. uh, and that was like my favorite chunk of the game all told. I think that uh, the apartment was more actually frightening because like lots of doors lots of things at the end of hallways kind of just like weird noises and sound effects yeah 
I think, yeah, actually, I'm like emerging from that forest pathway road into the actual town up through the apartments is probably the scariest part because it's where there's the most unknowns. Right. And that, yeah, the, the enemy designs in this game are really iconic or specifically at least pyramid head and the nurses are like people mm, remember I think them. The mannequins are the standout for the, me. Mannequins are really dope. Uh, but I, I think that they, they kind of stopped at like five, like they had five enemies and they were like, that seems good. Uh, and they just, one of them comes from the first Silent Hill game as well. The crawly men i don't oh, know what the, those are called uh, straight jackets yeah sure because they have like they have no arms and they look like they're struggling to like bust out of a straight jacket and also like people in straight jackets they vomit poison on you yeah yeah just like in real life just like in real life silent hill uh yeah i kind i kind of liked that like i i'll i'll be quick to complain about a lack of enemy <laughs> variety in a lot of games but i feel like it fits really well in this for some reason i think part of it's the length and part of it's the theming yeah there's supposed to be manifestations of james's actual imagination and like maybe the dude could come up with additional like the, <laughs> like he wasn't trying to think of like new enemies that were fun to fight he was trying to find his dead wife yeah it so. almost <laughs> it almost feels like like eldritch horror in a way where it's like these manifestations of his fears mm -hmm. you know and these like kind of weird amorphous forms yeah and pyramid head especially gets the the distinction of being like the most on a scale of like one to lovecraft he's closer <laughs> to that end well i don't think anything really reaches like the high numbers on that scale no i think pyramid head has this like cool mystique about him where He's functionally invincible and, like, is constantly pursuing you and doesn't appear to ob ob obey the laws of physics, really. And uh, just is really cool, generally, and does a good job of that. And that's also part of the reason why the hotel works and also why the hotel ruined the last boss fight of the game, but or the second, whatever. Uh, because the, that version of Pyramid Head is literally invincible, like you cannot kill him. Mm -hmm. uh, and then at the end of the game, they expect you to kill two of them. I mean, to be fair, they do kill themselves. That is also true, which is incredibly anticlimactic. Uh, but, like, I was not expecting... I died in that boss fight. Mm -hmm. And it was because I didn't think that the the answer to the problem was shoot them with guns. Like, I immediately was just, like, running around looking for, like, a lever or something uh, yeah. to pull. You can just avoid them long enough that they will just kill themselves anyway. Oh, I actually I read, that. Yeah. So, yeah, you can't... I think it's possible what, to beat the game... What, only killing like a handful of things uh eddie and the there's that one boss uh oh, the abstract daddy yeah yeah i feel like those might be the only instances where you have to kill something mayhaps uh but don't quote me on that yeah i'm not I, an expert <laughs> i won't <laughs> Yeah, you could definitely do like what is essentially a pacifist run through and only mm -hmm. kill bosses uh is there an ending that you can get where you don't have to fight Maria at the end? I don't know. Uh, the ending that I got was the water one 
something about water. Uh, I, I think there there's six endings. Two of them are joke endings that you have to do a bunch of stuff to get to. Mm. I got leave, which okay. I I don't know. You read a letter. Uh, in my ending, I think I was reading what triggers it is you go. I can't remember what the room's called, but there's kind of like a study in mm. the hotel, and there's like uh like some headphones that you can put on and listen to a recording. Uh, and it's like of like a therapy session or of like Mary talking about to James about something or whatever, and uh, that is what well, triggers the ending that I got is finding that. Gotcha. I also found that, but I'm not positive hmm. if uh, maybe there's other. There there are definitely other factors, but yeah. I don't know what they are. Either way, though, this sounds like narrative stuff. Yes. Uh, were there any other like? mechanical bits that you wanted to get into before we take a break uh i guess uh, i'll I'll start with like a a a midway thoughts kind of a statement uh playing this (laughs) i felt a lot like it's a shame that this series is basically dead yeah uh because it as we were kind of let off with i think it's held up really well and there i am just kind of shocked that there isn't at least something that's like swooped in to take its place as like the psychological horror f- like franchise because like, it feels like such a good counter to the more action based Resident Evil or not counter but like you know like a balance, balance a it. foil yes <laughs> and it's just uh, I I don't know it just really seems like a shame to me yeah no I I agree with that and also like even as as Resident Evil progresses like um, the most recent game, as far as I'm aware, is Seven, uh, which came at the beginning of last year. And Seven and Resident Evil Seven slows things down. There's less gunplay. There's less uh, like action sequences. It's in first person, uh, and it's more sort of down to earth. But at the same time, you do still like throw Molotov cocktails at zombies and like flying bees and shit, and it's crazy and and way over the top and uh is good <laughs> but this version it's, doesn't exist yeah, anymore it's got very different goals yeah the people would like to talk about uh this is a really midway thoughts is our new segment to yeah. <laughs> draw the length when jj is not here yeah uh people like to talk about how in the past couple of years we're in this era of ascended horror in cinema and they're referring to things like the witch and uh, uh, midsummer and things like that, that are like horror movies that take themselves really seriously. And they, it's like, look, horror movies can also be just good movies regularly. Yeah. They're more uh, art house. Yeah. And I feel like a really similar movement happened in games in like 2014. Uh, that was it's about... a very specific year. It is. <laughs> I don't know why. That's just the one that like comes to mind. I think it may have been a little earlier, actually. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but it was games that were like that were uh, inspired by the likes of Amnesia. There are all these games that are uh, really slow paced, really uh, non combat focused, exploratory games, mm-hmm. and I feel like that is what has supplanted Silent yeah. Hill. There's a lot of like indie and smaller studio stuff but like, it's weird to me there isn't another like big like triple a horror franchise like resident evil right yeah that at least that i can think of 
<laughs> no, it's true. Like as far as like the evil within, like has Outlast two games. is the only thing that I can think of in recent memory that was like a big popular horror IP. Yeah, and they, I mean, even that's an indie title. Yeah, like uh, there, there just there isn't a counterpoint. I feel like those things supplanted Silent Hill, and the people who liked Silent Hill probably went to those games. Yeah, I mean, I like the haunted house. That's kind of how I think of them. Yeah. Uh style of horror game, but like I feel like survival horror is like ripe for a comeback. Right. Yeah, I I think that there's a void. Yeah, for sure. Like it was really refreshing when we played um Fatal Frame. Oh, right. Yeah. And it was like, man, I haven't played like a, I had the same kind of revelation where like I don't even think about it till I play one. I'm like, wow, I haven't played like a survival horror game in a long time. Uh, and it also it got me really wishing that we could live in a reality where Konami just sells the rights to Silent Hill to Capcom <laughs> and the RE like remake team just makes a remake of Silent Hill 2. <laughs> in the style of the resident evil remake because i feel like that would be awesome that's true and just like a that kind of visual update and like some control smoothing i think would be great i don't know man that could, the time controls <laughs> are integral to the i do, I do wanna... you know it would be better without them <laughs> you know it search your feelings I you know, know it to, to be true, true. Uh, I think on that, because I now have a couple of things that I want to get into. After the break. After the break. Welcome back. So we were talking a little bit there at the end uh, about... The idea of a remake of Silent Hill 2. And there have been a couple of remakes of this game. Uh, there was a port initially to the Xbox uh, that contained like a, a side story that we can't really comment on because we didn't play that version of the game. And then later there's a PC port. Um, and the Xbox version of the game, most people think, is generally about as good as the PS2 version. And the PC version is largely considered to be, like, bad trash that you shouldn't play. Uh, which I think <laughs> is probably an overreaction, but at the same time, when you talk about Silent Hill 2, you would kind of have to just play the original version. Yeah, yeah. from my understanding, um, they ported it to the Xbox, like, really quick and dirty. Mm-hmm. And um, they had issues, like replicating things they did on the ps2 and that the uh, pc version is like uses the source code or whatever from the xbox version and um, is even buggy or and not good <laughs> yeah there's, it's not optimized at all yeah and there's a simplicity to the ps2 version of the game uh that i think is sort of like part of its charm or whatever the mm-hmm. opposite of charm I mean, is in a I think horror it's game because it was designed for the platform yeah. and unless you're gonna like completely remake it it's not gonna look as good not on that platform this is true uh but yeah i, I do uh want to shout out jack in the in the discord for uh pointing out 
uh, or like facilitating me finding an affordable copy of the PlayStation Two version because that is the version that we played. Um, Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, and and, that, and that's cool, and I'm glad that we played this version of the game. I I just don't really have context for the rest of it. Uh, and that's kind of all, all I wanted to get out of the way as far as, like, talking about a remake. Like, if they did remake it, it would end up being probably very different, uh, which could be good, it could be bad. Yeah. I, I feel like if they were going to do it, I would really want it to be like the Resident Evil remake, where... I mean, they even had, like, the original team working on that. Like, it just... It's one of the best remakes ever done, so it's a high... I think, anyway. So... That's the kind of like level of quality I would want, yeah. or I wouldn't want it at all. I think the only thing missing from the Resident Evil remake was the option to turn on old dialogue and include that FMV cutscene at the beginning. I feel like that would be the one thing, because like, part of the charm of a Resident Evil game is how campy and cheesy it is. Yeah. And that's when I want to get into, in Silent Hill 2... Uh, the it's less I, I would not describe Silent Hill 2 as campy uh, pretty much at all. I think that the game gets a lot of praise for a lot of things that it deserves praise for. But I also feel like it gets praise for its narrative. And I think a lot of that is of the time. Uh, and I don't want to get murdered by somebody <laughs> for saying that maybe the story of Silent Hill 2 isn't as good as it was, but I think that context provides a lot, uh, like time wise. And I, I, I think that the game did something that I'm fairly comfortable in saying no other game had done at the time. Uh, and that's a huge step. Like this is a really personal story, uh, for the main character. Like it's not, you don't save the world. You don't, in most of everything in the game, you don't really even come out of it like you're not a hero. And I, I think that's really powerful and it's really effective in this uh, in this game and in this context. Uh, I do think, uh, because the voice acting gets praised a lot, is also an of-the-time thing because I felt like specifically the guy who plays James is very like all over the place with the acting. At some points it even sounds like he might have an accent, but then it like goes away over time. Yeah. I'll agree with you on the voice acting a hundred percent. Uh, we'll come, I'll come back to the story in a second, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, the voice acting definitely like thinking back feels like it's better than most things at the time. Uh, but it does feel pretty stiff uh, by today's standards. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, the the, the direction is a little inconsistent. Uh, it, but for me, it's mostly fine, I think. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, but it's beyond serviceable. Yeah. The only thing that stands out to me on that front is Eddie as a character. Uh, I, his kind of cartoonish design doesn't help, but like he stands out like a sore thumb in this to me. Yeah, and then also he's a boss fight, which feels out of place. Like it's the one thing in this game that feels very like video gamey and of its time to me. Yeah, it, Eddie is a character 
who was released 2001, uh, now, uh, <laughs> who looks good in the CGI scenes because it gives him this sort of like unreal, out of place look that looks makes really him greasy. Yeah, greasy and uncomfortable. And I think that 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 plays to what they're going for with him. But it also there's <laughs> there's this disconnect because he's not supposed to be that character early on in the game, mm-hmm. and then he he's supposed to become more uncomfortable as time goes on, and they amp up his greasiness for <laughs> sure as 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 it goes on. It's not like it's bad, but every time that he's outside of it and they're using his regular character model, he looks like he's from another game. He's he's he looks like he's being pulled from Rascal and put into <laughs> into Silent Hill too. Yeah, actually, like almost kinda. <laughs> like he's got like he's got like a baseball cap and a striped uh, t-shirt, mm-hmm. like a like a teal and purple one or something. <laughs> like he looks like a cartoon character. Yeah, it, it's super weird, and I I do agree. Eddie feels really out of place. I thought that though his voice actor I thought was arguably one of the better ones <laughs> in the game. Like yeah, him and Angela I think both uh, are. Very strong characters, yeah. like acting wise. A- Angela is a strong character in her own right. I think she was my favorite. Yeah, Angela's great. Because uh, like, yeah, her and like Lara don't really pop up that much, but it feels like Eddie keeps showing up, and it's like I don't know what like what they were going for with him. It just didn't land with me. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because like I, I, I liked his initial it. appearance, like in the hotel, and he's just like eating, or no, he's throwing up. He's throwing up. He's just throwing up and. I talking about like killing a guy or something. I, I thought that landed like real well, and I thought that was all I was gonna see of him. Right. And then he keeps coming back, and I'm like, uh, and more cartoony each time. I have to say, I came into this game like slightly poisoned uh, with with knowledge uh. Uh, because of. Just like the ubiquity of this game, as as far as like horror game yeah. fans go, I know almost nothing. Luckily, that's yeah, a little surprising yeah. actually. Um, but yeah, so n- knowing that you didn't know things, <laughs> how did you interpret Silent Hill, the town, going in? Like, did you think that Eddie was a real person from the beginning? Uh, and the same good, like Maria is kind of the breaking point. So we'll, we'll skip that for now, but because you run into Angelo immediately and you run into Eddie pretty quickly afterward. Being, uh, an old man and being some like genre savvy, I was suspicious of the legitimacy of any of the characters, especially if there's ever in something psychological characters that only you interact with. You always have to keep that in the back of your mind that they might not be real. <laughs> uh, so I was thinking about that pretty much the whole time. It's like as soon as I met Angela, I'm like, oh, I wonder if she's real or not. It's just like a prerequisite. Um, <laughs> that's true. I mean, no, that's fine. Uh, but as it went on, I felt like they were real, but everyone, what everyone was how everyone was experiencing the town was completely different than everyone else. Yes. Uh, I believe that that interpretation is 100% accurate to the actual game. Um, I I came in knowing about Silent Hill as... We ended up in kind of the same boat, which I think speaks to the 
uh, signaling that the game does. Because I think Lara is what really tips the hat. It does. Because she just seems to walk around the town all carefree. Unimpeded. And never acknowledge the horrifying stuff. Yeah, I mean, to this... There's an ending where you leave with Lara, though. Which is unbelievable. Like, I, I, to me, like, with the ending that I got... And my understanding of the game, I feel like Lara cannot be a real person. Like, she has to be a figment. She seems the most suspect. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. But it's hard to say. Yeah. It, it is. It really is. And, and Maria is in kind of a similar boat, though obviously Maria is some kind of... Uh, oh, I feel like she's definitely not real. Yeah, she, she has to be not real. Yeah, she is a mental projection of the main character because A, she looks exactly like Mary, and B, she dies like five times and mm-hmm. comes back. So, yeah, so she is like, but but she is a real thing or like a physical thing in the same way that the nurses and the mannequins are. Uh, because you shoot her with a gun and kill her <laughs> like you do with the nurses and mannequins. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, but she's like representative of Mary in, yeah. in the real world. Uh, so she, she kind of occupies a strange space. Laura seems fake to me, but Eddie and, and Angela are definitely supposed to be real people who were just coincidentally also in Silent Hill at the time. But coming into the game, knowing about like the concept of Silent Hill and it being a town that's supposed to project your like innermost fears and 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 self-consciousness uh onto itself i having angela there at the beginning 100 percent. i was i was like this isn't a real person like this yeah. is this is just a big faker <laughs> <laughs> what uh, a poser yeah a total poser uh yeah i don't know so i'm, I'm glad that we ended up having the same uh, like a not opinion, but the same like take on it. Yeah, I I like that it doesn't like spell it out either. It's like for me, it was like there's a lot of details like that you don't think about in the moment, but when you think back on later, it all seems really obvious. Like the way that everyone acts, it, it you can it, it's like they're all reacting to different things happening, and mm-hmm. like it, that doesn't really sink in as the clue that it is. That, yeah, like, the town is showing them something completely different than what you're seeing until after the fact. Yeah. And it's never, like, uh, it's it's never called directly into attention. I think the only time I can remember them bringing up specific details is when uh, James asks Eddie in the apartment if he was uh, friends with that pyramid head thing. Uh, and he's just like, I don't know what you're talking about. So, like, that can even be interpreted as just, like, I didn't see it right. versus that isn't what I would see. So, yeah, they do a good job with it. I feel like there's some fertile ground there for uh, additional things, and there are also, like, seven games in this series, so definitely possible that that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've played The Room, and it, they, I don't think that they really go into it uh, i've also played shattered memories but the only thing i remember from that game is running really fast <laughs> so. i've actually heard good things about that one yeah no it was a fun game maybe we'll <laughs> do it next year probably not but we'll see uh, however the other character that we really should talk about is maria um 
because her like her place in the narrative is about as foggy as Silent Hill itself is <laughs> at times where she obviously exists as this stand-in for Mary in James's mind but they give you like it it's hard to role play as James or to like put yourself in his shoes because inherently Marie is the most suspicious thing that could ever exist like way more suspicious than like walking corpses that vomit acid on you like I, that i would be more willing to accept than the character of maria as presented in silent hill but he just kind of goes along with it like you look exactly like her except your hair <laughs> and it's like oh well must be just a regular pr- must be a coincidence that this is this is what's happening yeah, it it kind of feels like uh, like a personal hell kind of a thing, which is what I think the game is ultimately going for. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, uh, you watch her, you have to watch her die over and over, which is obviously what James feels guilty about is that he like pulled the cord on his wife. Yeah, smothered uh, her. Actually, oh, okay. It's really hard to tell from the scenes in the game. Yeah, but he, yeah, he kills her. By okay. I did. I thought that was symbolic when he like laid his head down on her, but I guess he was smothering her. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. Um. <laughs> I only like I didn't pick up on it either. For what okay. it's worth, I thought maybe he stabbed her. To death. But anyway, so I think he like par- at least part of this is something he's like willingly putting himself through, and I think that's why he just lets her follow him. Yeah. Not to let Google color my interpretation of things, but uh, that you were you were correct in a couple of instances there. One of the big ones is that uh, he does feel a need to be punished, and supposedly that's what uh, Pyramid Head is supposed to represent. Mm. Pyramid Head's also weird uh, contextually because he's supposed to look like an executioner from the history of Silent Hill, which James would have only found out about like after getting into the town, mm-hmm. which is also probably why Pyramid Head doesn't show up immediately. Yeah. But yeah, so that's the symbolism there is that it's a, a he's an executioner. James feels like he needs penance for his crimes. Uh, and then everything else is just like sexy, like creepy sexy. Yeah. Because of, uh, of him feeling i guess frustrated it's never like specified whether or not james actually like cheated while his wife was dying it's like sort of implied or at the very least it's implied that he was tempted to yeah it gave me it gives me like a uh firewatch kind of vibe or like his wife was hospitalized so he like that's a more appropriate comparison than I think I thought it was initially. Yeah. yeah. So he his mind wanders to that kind of stuff, and he feels guilty about it. Maria's his uh, Dahlia. What was her name? Oh, Delilah. Delilah. That's it. Dahlia would be the name in Silent Hill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, there's more specific symbolism that's used throughout the game that. I don't necessarily want to get into because I didn't necessarily pick up on all of it or mm-hmm. a lot of it potentially. Um, though I do want to, you know, call out that, that it is really good at that. Sometimes it's subtle, sometimes it's not, but it does 
make you think about stuff more. Um, the fact that the areas you go through are uh, like the apartment building, I don't necessarily know if it has like a representative meaning, but the hospitals are really obvious allegory. Um, the prison is kind of like his own thing where he feels like he can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and also Mary feeling like trapped because she's dying and can't do anything about it. And uh, then the hotel, which is another one that's just like a literal reference to a physical place. Um, one thing that I want to talk about that I thought was real fucking good is uh, the fact that in the, the prison, you start the, the area off by going down this big ramp and then jumping in a hole. And then you continually descend like billions of miles beneath the Earth's surface. And then you end up like on a boat in a lake that's at ground level. Yep. It's very, very good because like the, the, the symbolism of descending is something that people use all the time. Um because it's uh, it's just associated with bad shit. Yeah. Uh but the fact that it then like puts you out in exactly the same spot, I feel like kind of rings true. Like I think it's uh, I don't know, it's just a really good sequence and I like all of that. Yeah, it it made me think of Majora's Mask at the beginning where you fall down the the pit mm-hmm. and then you just end up somewhere like that doesn't make any sense <laughs> exactly. uh, from where you think you should be. So it it there's a lot of little things like that that make you keep questioning the reality that the the game takes place in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I like that whole like boat sequence. Like the if you um you look at your like game stats <laughs> or whatever at the end of the game, which is a very PS2 era thing to do, mm-hmm. but that I really like. Let's have that make a comeback. I would love to see that make a comeback. But uh, it it gives you the results for that, like how long it took you to row across the lake. And I'm like, is that earnest or is that tongue-in-cheek? Yeah. I mean, I imagine it's a real number. Oh, yeah. But I mean, like them putting it in, like as if you care at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like where's the, the speed run boat percent yeah. run? Yeah. I just thought that was funny. No, it's real good. Uh and that's the exact time that you should make a joke, I think, if you were this kind of game, is, like, at, like, post-credits, here's the the stat screen that tells you how far you went in a boat. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's narrative content. Skeep bot beep a boo uh, <laughs> I feel like there's something here that I want to talk about. I do not know how I feel about the soundtrack of this game. Like, I think that the sound design is more or less spectacular overall. I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. There are some areas where I felt like they kept playing sound effects in the background, even when you weren't doing anything. And it got a little bit like, old like it repeated itself so that it became less scary because mm-hmm. you were used to it um but the music is really the sticking point for me because like it goes back and forth between as you pointed out astutely uh lo-fi hip-hop beats to study to and like if nine inch nails went through a breakup <laughs> and were self-medicating with like real heavy drugs (laughs) (laughs) because they're like these 
themes in the game that are really abstract and noisy in a way that I like that comes out of nowhere and, and like shocks you. And then there are other things that feel like, like, as you said, would be at home in a dating sim. Mm-hmm. It's like super strange and like back and forth. Uh, and I don't necessarily know that it always fit the tone quite right. Yeah, there is a weird kind of variety to it that you wouldn't expect. Uh, it would make it feel a little like not as cohesive as it could could be. But uh, for the most part, it didn't really like really stand out to me that much. Like the the weird like more industrial sounding actiony like kind of reminds you of a torture chamber kind of music yeah is probably my least favorite <laughs> but uh i think the um the like the area like the dungeon themes i'll say uh were all like really great yeah yeah the as far as like ambiance goes uh, which you know is good because I pronounced it with two soft A's. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's re- like th- that is always on point. Like I think that they nail it when there are areas that are quiet. I think that it's just there will be parts where you're like, oh, surprise. Now it's real loud and, and, and I don't know. You might like it. You might not. <laughs> Because I liked probably more of the industrial stuff than you did. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like it gets... The Pyramid Head encounter. I mean, we just have to keep coming back to it. It's iconic for a reason. Mm-hmm. The, the music that, like, Pyramid Head's theme is the most grating thing in the world <laughs> and works so well every time that you encounter him other than that first time. Yeah. Because you're not doing anything the first time, and it goes on for a really long time, and you'll probably die to it at least once mm-hmm. and have to come back and do it again. <laughs> <laughs> with that like like real loud yeah going on i don't know there are just some interesting choices especially with the sound design that makes it like i mean maybe me feeling uncomfortable was what they were <laughs> going for but it was verging on irritated which i don't think is what they want yeah the end of this game is kind of it's not like a boss to rush uh-huh. we'll say but it is a lot of bosses in a much higher density than they were earlier in the game. Uh, basically from Abstract Daddy to the Pyramid Heads to Maria. Oh, and Eddie also in between there. And I think that it's weird that they... Ch- I think games just felt like they needed final bosses. Uh, but they n- didn't need a final boss. <laughs> or any of those bosses. Because it's not where the game's strengths lie. And right. it really emphasizes it when every boss you're in is a square room. And the optimal strategy is to run in a circle. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, but it was softened a lot for me. Uh, because I ended up saving so much of my ammo that they ended up being really easy. Fair. Um, so... Like, as, if I would have died on that, the double pyramid head boss or Maria, they probably would have been much soured to those. Or Mary, rather. Or is it Maria? It's whatever. Both. Whatever. It's Maria. Well, yeah. yeah let's Ma- see the boss. Maria. Um, but uh, I was just able to kill them with the hunting rifle pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... All right, I do want to. I didn't want to, but I now I do want to talk about the Maria boss fight. 
maybe one of the worst bosses <laughs> like in a game. Um, and I don't think it takes away from it from the game really as a whole because it does feel like it's a capstone and like she's in like a cool flying machine and I'm okay with that. Um, but. Man, is it stupid. Did you ever get hit by the, like, bug attack? Oh, yeah. How, like, it doesn't look like James even gives a shit. He's <laughs> yeah. just, like, kind of, yeah. he's, like, waving his hand in front of the face like somebody farted or something. Yeah, like, I don't even know if it does damage to you. I think it's, like, one of the only things that hit me in the fight, and I did heal once. Mm-hmm. So I think it does a yeah. little bit of damage. I, I couldn't avoid that. Oh, I would yeah. I would like run away, turn around, and then she was like shooting them at me already. Yeah. So I was like mash to get out of it, then shoot her, then run away again, and then just do that over and over. Like mechanically very uninteresting. Mm-hmm. But um, if it would have been slightly less like a tedious loop like that, uh, I feel like it. I don't know. Give like having like an easier fight to kind of let you stew in the moment. I think feels appropriate, but like having such a weird, limited interaction hurts it. Yeah, I feel like people give a lot of shit to games whose final bosses are not uh, like a, a culmination of the mechanics of the game used up to that point. Like uh one just a recent example that comes to my god of war three the final boss is just like a million quick time events in a row uh and obviously it sucks uh so if, you, if you've played god of war three which i haven't i just heard about this recently uh-huh. i imagine that you hate that boss probably a lot more than this one um but i feel like this game could have benefited from doing something a little different uh whether it's like I don't even know anything but this. I even they could have even used the same design and just had the fight play out in a different way. Like have it be put you in like a a smaller area and give you like a duck command or something to avoid ranged attacks. Mm-hmm. Just anything so that you're not doing the exact same thing with something that's supposed to be a bigger more important moment in the game yeah i did cap it off though by chopping her in half with uh the great knife oh nice because i never really used it for the whole game i didn't either the movement penalty was too much but uh no i was like when i was playing through the game i was surprised that it had bosses at all like it just doesn't really feel like the kind of game that should have them but uh i feel like they want you to con- like James to confront his like trauma or whatever at the end, so I understand like wanting to like do that as a boss fight. But I was almost thinking something like take a page out of like Ocarina of Time's book, another page out of it, yeah, uh, and do like an escape sequence or something as like a f- like an ending. Seems like it could be cool, but once also, again, they yeah. want him to confront the trauma. So I don't know, but like something another kind of climactic moment that isn't a fight I think could have worked maybe better. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah, something like that. And like the resident evil has been using, uh, escape sequences as the thing for a long time. Metroid uses escape sequences. They're, they're a legitimate, interesting way. And they've even said, if you got the boat, <laughs> like why not boat? Yeah. Boat out of something. Oh, know. that sounds awful. It would um, be bad. but, uh, cause I was just thinking like how some platformers will have like, a difficult platforming challenge instead of a final boss. Right. 
Because most platformers don't have an interesting combat mechanic. Right. And Silent Hill 2 doesn't have an interesting combat mechanic. Uh, match made in heaven. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you could find some way to lean into like the game's strengths as like a climactic thing. Yeah. A couple of uh, minor other things I want to point out regarding bosses. Um, what Another game thing that this predates by several years, but uh, the Eddie boss fight... I, like, made me feel like I was playing uh, Dead Rising, which is weird. Uh, but Dead Rising was a Capcom-developed game uh, that came out. It was, like, a launch title for the Xbox 360. And the concept of it, very simple. It was, like, Dawn of the Dead, but the, to the point where they had to put a disclaimer on the box that it was not, uh, <laughs> like, related to anything that George Romero had done. Uh-huh. Uh, where you're in a mall, there's a bunch of zombies, and the game's really hard, but it's hard because your levels persist through playthroughs, so you're supposed to play through for a while, die, restart, and then go again. Uh, and one of the things that makes the game really hard is they have these bosses that have insane health pools, so you have to spend a lot of time like resource gathering, having healing items, having good weapons, and then like then you strategize to beat the boss. And it's an interesting way of playing the game, but Eddie feels like he was pulled out of that game and put into this one uh, because he's just a regular dude. Like, he's just a guy in a t-shirt. And you, like, fucking shoot him with a shotgun a hundred times to kill him. Yep. And then at the end, James is like, I killed a person. I was like, you You had a lot him. of time to think about that. Yeah. It took so long. Even the first time after he ran away, you were like, you get back here, fat ass. I'm going to fill you with I'm going to make you squeal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, yeah, I died to him once and then switched to the hunting rifle, which mm. makes him super easy because it's way faster. His, if you ever, like, watch his gun firing animation is really funny too because he starts with the gun really high up above his head and then catastrophically slowly <laughs> Lowers brings it. it toward you it just looks so bad <laughs> oh man i honestly kind of forget what my other point was i i thought of a couple other things uh i just just a couple things i want to ask your opinion of is like what did you think of the actual like town exploration um, a little shallow, but I love the idea. Um, yeah, I I found myself not exploring it a ton. I think it kind of hit a sweet spot for me with like something about like the scale of it combined with the fog made it feel like bigger than it really was. Yeah. Like there was a there were streets that you just couldn't get to or whatever. But uh, that and I didn't feel like obligated or like to explore every nook and cranny like i would in a lot of other games so like i just kind of explored when it felt relevant and didn't when it didn't yeah no that's and i don't know i just kind of like landed in a like a sweet spot for me it does feel a little old and kind of empty you know playing it now but like i i felt like it it actually held up pretty well i was surprised at how much real estate there was given the time 
Like yeah. when I when I started the game, I was assuming it was going to be one of those things where you look at the map and it looks like it's this big expansive thing, but then you like run for like three seconds and you open the map wall. and you're way further. Oh, okay. Then you were, but it actually it feels very big. Um, and I think it might be one of the things that actually benefits in the game from having uh, maybe an abundance of resources. It makes combat less frightening, which I think is a net negative overall. But it means that you don't feel like you need to be like checking every drawer in every room yeah. to try and find ammo, uh, which allows them to get away with making a bigger area that has less density of stuff in it. Uh, but other than that, yeah, completely agree. I think it's it's impressive. Yeah, and I also wanted to ask like how the puzzles landed with uh, you. Like we 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 mentioned the puzzles, but we didn't really talk about them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you mentioned, I think very presently that they felt like Resident Evil puzzles yeah. as opposed to anything else. And you're right. There is one thing I want to call out there that's very cool is I didn't know that this was the case. And I've played other games that have a similar setting that don't do it quite as cool as this one does. Uh-huh. There's a riddle difficulty oh, that right, yeah. actually changes the clues and solutions to the riddles uh depending on which one you choose and that's so good i love that because people just aren't going to be as good or bad at those as other people now yeah that stood out to me as well that there's a separate combat and puzzle difficulty option it just seems weird that that isn't more of a thing. It seems like a good idea. <laughs> well, it seems to me really hard to implement because yeah, you have to yeah. design every puzzle three times. But the simplicity, like you still have to get all the requisite parts, like uh, the coin puzzle, right, in the apartment mm-hmm. has three. Uh, <laughs> I read through all the difficulties for the puzzle, for this puzzle, just as like an example so that I knew what was going on with it. Uh-huh. Uh, and... You still have to get all three coins, and each of them is a logic puzzle based on this little, like, poem that's written on the box, and it's like, do this thing, like, this person's here, and then this thing is relevant because of these things. You have to, like, interpret it and realize, like, one's a woman, one's a man, one's a snake, and then what do those things do, and what's the relation, like, the names of them factor in the higher difficulties right uneasy the riddle literally ends with the lines don't fear the puzzle is over the puzzle is over (laughs) because they only give you like two clues and they're just like put this here put that there (laughs) wow uh (laughs) but i don't know i i like that they're there um i think overall they were there was one that I had an issue with and it was a stupid one and it wasn't even really a puzzle and it was put it was combining lighter wax horseshoe to make oh, a handle yeah. that reeks of cat hair mustache to me yep yep that's definitely like a weird point and click puzzle that's <laughs> just in this game yep but uh I felt like the puzzles I I also like puzzles in, in like these kinds of games mm-hmm. um it's always nice to have something else to do other than just combat. But um, I felt like it, they were brought down by the movement. Like, it would it'd be really easy to just, like, go past something, even, like, mashing on the X button and not have James pick it up. Right. So you could miss something. And, like, I also felt incentivized to, like, explore the whole area first and then 
when a puzzle would come up, I'd have to re-explore everything, and I was like, uh, uh, but that's probably just my own fault. But um, no, I think that your points are good. I think that it's really easy to to step by stuff. Yeah, so I I did not like that, but like overall, I'd still take puzzles over no puzzles. Yeah, I I think this plays into maybe the last little bit that I wanted to to talk about anyway. Um. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think the puzzles generally were good. I think when the puzzles were just pick things up and then put them somewhere, it was less engaging. Mm-hmm. But, like, the Hangman puzzle I thought was really good. Um, oh, yeah, that's the standout for sure. Yeah, it, it's super good. You don't have to go find shit and put it in a thing. You just kind of look at one room, look at the other room, use information that you already have. Um, it's, like, a really traditional puzzle, but it's a really well-executed one. Mm-hmm. Uh the the issue that I have with the pick shit up puzzles, puzzles, uh, in quotes, because it is because the level design doesn't really feel like the hospital was such a tedious area because there were a billion doors, and so what you did in the hospital was just go floor to floor and try opening every door. Yep. And then you have to remember what's in those rooms because you'll have to come back to them and not everything gets marked on your map. So, I don't know. I, I didn't hate it necessarily. Uh, I just thought it was kind of the weakest element. Yeah. And things like your movement and the hit detection on your inspect button are, like, they just exacerbate the issues. Uh, I kind of chalked that up to old game weirdness yeah. and didn't want to like bring it up as like a big negative, but it did make certain parts of the game a lot less enjoyable to play. Yeah. Now, I think that's fair, but I mean, I'm not trying to like dunk on the game or anything <laughs> by bringing it up, so I, yeah, w- no, I, I would do so guilt-free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you go to Silent Hill, there will be like uh, somebody moving awkwardly <laughs> tight area and you'll be like i'm sorry i shouldn't have criticized you 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 were only 18 (laughs) but i was actually going to bring that up uh originally and have just forgotten so i'm glad that you did yeah i think that's it and do we have uh, final thoughts uh any last word (laughs) uh in some ways this game was what i expected uh a lot of like in the like clunky kind of controls as you said old game weirdness Mm -hmm. uh but in other ways it really surprised me like i think what really stands out is the game's subtlety like for its time i feel like it was kind of unprecedented unless i have have a big blind spot uh it's just like a game that was more subtler and i didn't (laughs) even know but uh it just it's so well done i think um given that there aren't like any other uh psychological horror games that i'm aware of like they they did it first and they did it really well and it's a shame that konami uh doesn't want to make games anymore <laughs> i think that's a common refrain not just on this podcast, but like everywhere <laughs> at this point, they're like, "Wow, can I like now that they're go- we didn't know what we had until they were yep. uh, revealed to be assholes." Yeah, I, so I don't know, like if uh, because I had like some some roughness with the tank controls and the kind of the basic gameplay that I'm gonna be like eager to revisit it, but I'm glad that I played it 
and it's definitely going to be a game I think that sticks with me. Yeah. I feel pretty similarly. Uh, I, I came into the game feeling like there was a pretty good chance that I was going to be turned off by how old and, and weird the game plays. <laughs> that happens with, with these old survival horror games. There are lots of games that I've wanted to go back to. It makes me feel so old, too. I know. Because <laughs> like, like, they're PS2 games. <laughs> and you like... can just like remember when the PS2 was the current console still Mm -hmm. but anyway it did last for a long time yep the the ps2 did uh and yeah it's just like i i feel i felt like i was afraid that that was going to be the thing that held me back so even though i think this game was what i expected it to be uh in a lot of ways it also was so much more than that (laughs) silent hill marry me uh It was, it just like, it outperformed in all the areas that I thought that it was not going to perform in, and the places where I thought that it wasn't as strong are, like, I expected those as well. So, I don't know. Like, I I came away from this, I'm shocked that I haven't played it prior to this. I'm really glad that I have, and even though, like, I hear pretty bad things about some of the Silent Hill games in between that I haven't played, uh, I kind of do want to check them out. Even the ones that, you know, might not be so good. Yeah, I'm more enticed to check out Shattered Memories. Oh, yeah. We should... If, if any game was a good game for us to do, like, a recording of, like, uh, like a Let's Play, it's it's Shattered Memories. Yeah, I don't know it's why so it's goofy. that one, but, like, that one's always, like, stood out to me. Like, people talk about it as, like, a hidden gem or whatever. It's that Wii U exclusivity. Oh, isn't it a Wii game? It's that Wii exclusivity. <laughs> I'm sorry, I misspoke. Uh, so, yeah. Thank you. For listening to No Clip this week. What are we talking about next time? Next time we're going to talk. Wait. Andy. What? JJ's not here. Oh, shit. Next time. It's our chance. (laughs) Let's talk about Psychonauts. Yes. (laughs) Let the platformers (laughs) reign supreme. Uh, until that time, uh, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com. There you can find our email address, our Twitter, uh, our links to all of the old episodes on YouTube, our Discord, where you can talk to us uh, in like a cool, casual kind of way, and maybe point me to an eBay listing for another game that's too expensive to play normally. <laughs> uh, that's... You got, like, a a big joke? (laughs) I feel like this is... You have a knack for just, like, throwing in a descriptor that completely throws me off. (laughs) Like, if you would have just said, you have a joke, wouldn't have been funny. (laughs) But, like, like you said a big joke. <laughs> well, I didn't want to hear it if it wasn't a big joke. I wanted only a small joke. <laughs> I, I, uh, awkwardly maneuver yourself with the tank controls over to the like button. Okay. Uh, hit X a bunch of times and unsuccessfully hit it. Uh, then tr- come back, leave, come back 10 minutes later, try it again, and hit it. 
and smash that like button. Yeah. <laughs> Duh, 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 silent hill, hill, hill. That didn't go down hill at all. It didn't go down silent hill. <laughs> Good job. It, it couldn't go downhill because it started out so low already. <laughs>